Welcome to this week's sermon from Spark. We are a community who believes we are deeply loved by God and seek to welcome, support, love, and serve every person we meet. We hope this message has something for you today. Well, good morning, Spark. Good morning. Woo. Ooh, can you guys, are we good? All right, cool. <laughs> well, um, Good morning. I want to say uh, thank you, first and foremost, for inviting me. For those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Manny. Uh, I'm the, uh, one of the pastors at Caminos. I come on Tuesdays. So I'm usually used to being in the chapel on Tuesdays with Caminos, but it's, it's uh, refreshing to finally meet all of you here on Sunday morning. So um, thank you for just having me. Thank you, Pastor Madeline, for uh, giving me the honor to be here. And um, I'm going to go ahead and just open us up in prayer, and we're going to go right into um, our, our Father together. So would you pray with me? Lord, we are thankful for the time that we have today to just come into this space to encounter you, to come and bring our burdens and surrender. Allow us in this moment right now to just encounter you again. Give us a fresh, fresh touch and a fresh word. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's uh, recite our Father together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, would you turn with me to the book of Genesis this morning? Genesis chapter one. I know, it's gonna take you a long time to find it. Don't worry, just take your time. Um, we're in Genesis chapter one. We're only gonna read a portion of the first chapter of Genesis. Now, I love preaching the creation story. If there's one story I can teach you and, and we'll go over, over and over again, Every week, it's creation, because there's so many aspects to this that we can take a look at and just see the beauty of our creator and how highly he really thinks of his creation, and especially us. So would you come with me? Genesis 1, we're going to be in verse 26, and we're going to read verse 26 all the way to the end of chapter 1 and 31. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God's word says, Then God said, Let us make humanity in our image to resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on earth. And God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fertile and multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. And then God said, I now give to you all the plants on the earth that yield seeds and all the trees whose fruit produces its seeds within it. These will be your food. And to all wildlife, to all the birds of the sky, and to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give all the green grasses for food. And that's what happened. And God saw everything he had made, and it was supremely good. And there was evening, 
And there was morning, the sixth day. Would you pray with me? Lord, in this moment, open our hearts and minds to you. Let us receive from heaven the encouragement this morning that our souls need. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The famous artist, Pablo Picasso, he once said, good taste is the enemy of great art. Now, another word for taste is preference, what we like and what we don't like. You know, taste or preference has everything to do with how we're cultured, or in other words, how we're, we're taught uh, to, to like and dislike things according to how we may grow up or where we live. See, we look at different art pieces, and we're, we're so quick to look at an art piece and say, see, I, I like that one, but not that one. That one's pretty, but that one's ugly. And we judge the beauty and the worth of things according to our taste, our preference. And what Pablo Picasso was trying to say is that when we look at art through the lens of our own personal taste, we tend to devalue the art piece and we totally miss the message that the artist was trying to share. See, when we look at art, we already have our certain likes and dislikes, so it's easy for us to look at something we don't like or we don't find attractive and say, that doesn't matter. That's not valuable. I don't like that. Toss that in the trash. And we miss completely what it is that the artist, the one who created that art piece, is trying to communicate to his or her audience. So good taste really is the enemy of great art. Because just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not valuable. Just because you don't find it pretty doesn't mean that it's not. You see, a Christian worship artist from the 90s his name was Rich Mullins, and Rich Mullins once shared a testimony of how, as a kid, he grew up and he struggled with depression. And so he was really depressed as a kid, and, and, and people in church would always try to come and, and try to, you know, make him happy and tell him, hey, cheer up, dude. God loves you. And he'd be like, so what? Big deal. God loves everybody. That don't make me special. That just means God has no taste. And then... As he said that, he began to realize, and you know what? Thank God he doesn't. Because if God viewed us the same way that we view art, he would have people that he liked and people that he didn't like. People that he loved and people that he doesn't love. People that he finds attractive and people that he doesn't really find attractive, but the reality is that when we look at the creation story, we come to find out that God has no taste. You see, in the creation story, we have this poetic pattern when God creates. Think of it like a song and a drama, okay? So you start with day one, and it says, let there be, then there was, and then something happens, right? It comes into existence. And day two, let there be, then there was, and it comes into existence. And by the time you get to day three, there's a new line that's entered into the song. And it's, it is good, or it was good. And so then the song keeps going. Day three, let there be, then there was, it was good. Day four, let there be, then there was, it was good. Day five, let there be, then there was, it was good. By the time we get to day six, 
God turns around and he says, let us make humankind after our likeness. So again, think of the drama, okay? And, and in this part of the drama, God basically is like the playwright who he comes out before the final act and the curtain's down and God comes out as the playwright. He looks at the audience and he says, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for, I give you the final and best act you will witness tonight. This is my masterpiece, and I call it, drumroll please, human. I call it human. Human, humanity, man and woman, were the crown jewel of God's creation. He saved the best for last. You see, everything was created before humanity, for humanity. But we were always meant to be this crown jewel of God's creation. It's like this creation was this canvas. And God says, I've painted this beautiful canvas. Now I'm going to put the very thing that gives the canvas this spark, gives the canvas this value, the, the most valuable thing in this canvas I'm going to put that makes the colors really come out that shows the true image of what I originally intend for this beautiful piece to say and to preach and to be. Do you want to know what God's greatest gift to humanity is? It's God himself, exactly. God's greatest gift to humanity was himself. Not the mountains, not the sky, not the beaches, not the animals, as, as much as we love them, right? But it was, him, it was himself, it was him. Because when God made us in his image, he literally gave himself to us, and that's what it means to be made in God's image, is that God literally gives himself to you. Because when God made us, we were entrusted with God's reputation and his reflection. Think about that for a second. Out of every beautiful thing that you see outside, when you walk outside the doors and you look around you and you see the trees, you feel the breeze, you see the sky, out of everything God has purposely chosen to place his reflection and his reputation in you. The only thing that God ever has to offer is himself. Because the only valuable thing that he ever had to offer was himself. See, before creation and time even existed, the only valuable being that ever was ever in existence was God. God is the highest valuable being to exist. Everything else that comes after him is secondary in value in comparison to him. Yet, yet, get this, out of every other creature that he creates, he purposefully dreamt and designed humanity to carry and show off his character and to share his heart with the whole world. So what does this mean? It means that every person who encounters you encounters the God who created you.
You see, we're not God. So let's clear something. We're not God. But you see, God has placed a piece of himself in each one of us. It's kind of the same concept when people look at us and they say, oh, you look just like your father, your mother, your grandmother, whoever. See, you're not them, but there's a piece of them in you that reflects off. And so God created humanity to carry a piece of himself where he reflects and people look at you and they say, ah, ah, I see, I see. That's God. You remind me of God. The problem is, when sin entered the world, that reflection was marred and broken. See, it wasn't lost. It's not, it's not non-existent. It's just, it's just broken. So again, imagine that we're in this canvas of creation that was freshly painted, neatly framed, and hung on the wall, and, and now sin enters, and the shades began to fade. There were scratches. The frame was cracked. And the colors even began to smear. But Jesus, Jesus now comes in the picture. And what does he do? Now he comes to restore the canvas to its original quality so everyone can see what the artist originally intended for the canvas to portray. See, God always intended to portray himself through your life. The call of the gospel of Jesus then, is this call to return. Literally, it's to return. That's actually what repent means. It means to return, to, to turn away and to come back to what God originally intended for you to be. The problem is that we have a hard time trying to picture that because we live in such a broken and hurting world that we become broken and hurt ourselves that it's hard to imagine us, ourselves, as this picture that God wants to create because the only kind of images we have been shown have been broken and marred and smeared images. And because that's all we have, that's all we want to model after, that's all we want to be. But God says, no, in my son Jesus, I have given you a more perfect picture. Because who Jesus is was who I always intended for you to be. See, we can only be whole through Jesus Christ, the perfect reflector of God's person. God's goal is to restore us to that perfect image. And we who are in Christ should be the ones who celebrate this the most because the world is so desperately trying to sell us an identity that we can never find true value in. Again, all we're, all we're shown is just brokenness. And so the world tells us you have to find the most value and whatever's broken. And God's saying, no, I'm trying to give you something that is going to make you whole, that is going to make you heal. The world tells us to find our most, our most cherished value in our mental health condition or our sexual orientation, or our political party affiliation, or the color of our skin, or the language we speak. But in reality, the one thing that has given us the most value is the God who is in us and who created us. That is what gives us the most value, is the God who created you and is in you. Because God has given himself to every single one of us. Why? Because God 
has no taste. He freely gives himself to you. How I pray, how I pray that one day we would lose our taste. I pray that one day we would lose our taste so that we can finally recognize the God who is in each person sitting next to us. Think about how different we would speak to each other, how different we would view each other, how different we would listen to one another if we actually understood that God has given himself to each one of us. It doesn't matter about your past sins or your struggles. God has freely given himself to you. And the, the heart of our Christian faith is that we give what we have received. The only thing we have received that has any value is God. And because he is in you, you are the most valuable thing you can ever offer anyone. And don't you ever forget that. You are the most valuable thing you can offer anyone because God is in you. And when you give of yourself, you share God with each other. And that is the heart of our faith, that we share what we have received, and it's God himself. My prayer for you today to close is that you would hear the voice of God to return to the Son of God, that you would live into the image of God so that you would feel like you actually can and you will share the love of God with the rest of the world that is part of this canvas. Because remember, God has no taste. And you are his favorite person. Why? Because you are the only creature that carries his image. Would you pray with me? Lord, I pray that you would help us to lose our taste. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to recognize the God in each one of us, to praise the God who created us, and allow us to live into that image freely, live into that image abundantly and that that message of the gospel would touch us and free us from whatever hinders us from walking in healing and fullness because we are called to share what we've received and that is you, Jesus. We thank you for this morning. We praise you in your name we pray. God's people said, Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, follow the link in the description below. Peace be with you. Peace be with you.